What is up, listeners of Bunkcast? This is Bunkcast number 34. On this episode, I sit down with a man named Steve. Steve is the owner of the gym that I go to called Renfrew's House of Gains. By far the best gym that I've been to in Vero Beach, Florida. On this episode, we cover, we talk about a lot of things, but the three main topics that we talk about is the gym, uh, his description of the gym, and how it has become the way that it is today, along with the message that he likes to uh, show or, or push with the way that he runs his gym. Our second uh, main topic is, is going to be his prior job of being a nurse and the trials and tribulations he faced along the way to become a nurse. And then towards the end, we briefly touch on his role as a father and the things that he's learned along the way. I had a great time talking with you, and I thank you for coming on, uh, Mr. Steve. Uh, I also do, I also like to do a quote and song of the day. I've been kind of slacking on on the past on the previous ones because it just doesn't naturally come up in conversation. So I'm gonna start recording them at the beginning, uh, so just so I don't forget about it. it because it's something that I really like to do. Uh, a lot of times I pull from stoic quotes. Uh, if you don't know what that is, it's from Stoicism. It's a it's a philosophy. Uh, I'm not a philosopher, so I can't really explain it to you. So uh, just fucking look it up, buddy. Today's quote is by Epictetus. It is nothing important comes into being overnight. Even grapes or figs need time to ripen. That being that you're waiting for the figs and grapes to ripen would be. The day in day out process that you put towards something that's that's actually worth doing anything that's worth doing is not going to happen overnight that's what I've learned through weightlifting that you, you don't get super strong overnight like it you don't just get it the next day it's going to take days and days and days but you just put your nose to the grindstone and eventually you'll have something worth working for at the end that is my philosophy for the day. I am, uh, I hope you enjoyed <laughs> um, Today's song will be Nobody Does It Better by Nate Dogg. I just found out about this song, uh, and it's a 10 out of 10. I, uh, it's before my time, but it is a very good song. It is more like a R&B type of song, R&B rap vibe, West Coast classics. Uh, I recommend it to everybody. Check it out if you even care. Uh, so what else do I got to say? Oh, you're going to notice there's going to be a little bit of a buzzing in the background. Uh, I tried to fix it as much as possible, but, uh, I couldn't. So enjoy. <laughs> All right. My camera's about to die. Uh, you can get right into the episode right now. Three, two, one. We are live. Bunkcast number 30, 33. 33. I think so. Uh, we've got the man himself, uh, Mr. Steve Renfrew, what up? owner of Renfrew's House of Gains. This has been my personal favorite gym I've ever been to. Um, you guys did a good job setting it up. Um, so we'll start off with um, the intro to the gym. Uh, if you want to give a little description of what you, God damn it, of what you, uh, you think of the gym or your description. Um, gym's what I wanted it to be today uh, we had a group of guys all working out um, kind of facilitated what they would do 
while I was training. I've always wanted to do one-on-one -on -one training with people. And then while I'm doing the one-on-one -on -one training, um, I also have the open gym format. Um, people are having a good time. I, I think of the gym as a really fun place to be. I kind of think of it as a club. We had 90s hip hop playing and guys were just working out. Girls were laughing, um, just having a good time. You gotta keep working out fun. If you don't keep it fun, then people just drop in and out. Oh yeah, I can agree with that because from coming from a corporate gym vibe, I can say that this is very non-corporate gym. For me, this is a place that I come to hang out and bullshit with the guys and fucking get stronger and better my life, basically. That's what I consider working out. But um, intro to the gym, it's uh, Ren Renfrew's House of Gains. This is Mr. Steve Renfrew, the owner. Um, my bad, I'm kind of sh setting it up a little, little shitty. Uh, so I heard about this gym from uh, my buddy Brandon. I was a little iffy of this gym because I heard that it was more of a CrossFit gym, but now that I've um, come to this gym, I, I realize that it's not, it's a gym for everybody, you know? Yeah. I hate when they uh, put themselves into a box, like you can only do this type of thing here right. or, it's, or it's this type of place. And you, you mentioned that you wanted to make this a place for everybody of all walks of life. And that's what I, I really appreciate. Yeah. Um I always consider myself kind of hybrid with working out. I, I do CrossFit workouts. Um, I, I power lifted, but I didn't call it power lifting until just recently. I just like to heavy, uh, lift heavy. Um, I've always wanted to, to lift heavier, and I've always been kind of a smaller um, stature guy. So I just wanted to show people that you don't have to be six foot and mm -hmm. be able to you know, lift yeah. heavy shit. So... Um, I've always done that, and um, but I always kept the aspect. I I can gain weight easily, um, so I always needed to keep my cardio you, up. Um, so that's why I incorporated CrossFit. My wife loves CrossFit. Um, we had friends that all did CrossFit. So originally it was kind of set up that way, and then I realized um, as people started joining, not very many CrossFitters were joining because we didn't do CrossFit classes. And I guess that's what uh, makes a CrossFit gym, CrossFit gym. Yeah, that's so, what a lot of CrossFit people are looking for. Looking yeah, for so. Um, a group setting. Yeah, and, and I, I, I liked group classes. I do a boot camp on Sundays and have a blast, and everyone has a blast. And, you know, I, I find it, um, uh, they, they ask me if I can do more classes, and I find that flattering, but I can't because um, the main priority is I wanted an open gym format and I can't have that if I'm doing a big class. Um, I used to do a smaller class on Tuesdays and Thursdays and I never felt like I was able to give the four women that I gave the class to all I wanted to give them because we would have 10, 15 people in the gym at the same time working out and if I had, you know, we were going to do, you know, a, a pull day with some cardio in it because they all wanted cardio too. Um, and someone's on the cable lap machine. And you don't want to disadvantage the other yes, uh, gym goers. Exactly. So, well, and usually I would end up sacrificing their class so you guys could use the equipment, and that wasn't fair to them. So I decided if I wanted to push one way or the other, I needed to go full force. So I stopped doing those classes at night. Uh, a lot of gyms do classes because 
that's what the money maker is. But, yeah. you know, I'm a business, I, I need to make money, but, um, you know, you know, I, I can be honest with you, it's not my first priority. Um, I just wanted a, a place where people could work out and kind of hang out and chill. Um, you know, for anyone who follows me, I do like a jawline gains where yeah. I'm just seeing people <laughs> yeah. talk for five, 10 minutes plus, And then once they gain my attention, then I start filming them. Um, <laughs> shout out the Instagram real quick. Uh, yeah. The Instagram is what at, at Renfrew's house of gains. Uh, my Instagram is at steve.cpt. Uh, and, um, yeah, my buddy actually thought that it, uh, stood for steve.captain. I'm like, you fucking dumb dude. Like CPT is a fucking certified it, personal trainer. It could be, I guess, but yeah, certified personal trainer, and um, and so uh, so yeah, I stopped doing the classes during the evenings. I do them on the weekends. Uh, it, it it runs perfect, um, but yeah, I just wanted an open gym uh, where people can work out and and lift heavy, and not have to worry about um, you know specific rules. And for the most part, everyone respects everyone. Um, I get to meet everyone before they, they join. And I've, I've had a couple people where I didn't invite them to, to come back. Um, just, you know, nicely. Um, but you know, it takes one bad seed to kind of to ruin the garden. Huh? Yeah. To, to ruin the atmosphere. And then, you know, I'm screwed cause they're, you know, repeatedly coming and, and we have a, we have a cool, you know, everyone, you know, we're I th all, yeah, I agree. The vibe here is very nice. Yeah. It's one of the most inviting gyms I've ever been to well, where it's kind of like, I don't like as a new person coming into a gym, it, it didn't feel like it was very, like people were judging you or yeah. like that other people or that other people felt like they were better than you because, Oh, I'm stronger than you or I do more than you or I look better than you. Yeah, no, I, I wanted that. I was important to, and you know what, for the most part, I'll be honest with you with other gyms is I, I don't even know if gyms are like that, but we have in our head that gyms are like that. Okay. So, yeah, I agree with you. So, um, Remember we talked about this before. So like, you know, other gyms, I just make it a, I think you can make the, the owner can make the vibe. If the owner really truly cares about what they want the vibe to be in their gym, then, you know, get your ass out and make the vibe what you want. Um, so if I'm going to walk around and, you know, holler and put good music on and stuff like that, I mean, that's going to create that atmosphere. So I, I'll, I'll never walk into someone's workout unless I see something that they're doing just blatantly wrong mm -hmm. that they're going to either hurt themselves doing, or if they're just done doing something inadequate, that's not going to, you know, overall, cause you know, we, we, we're here to better ourselves physically and mentally, but, um, it's the only time I'll fix someone, but it's not to, you know, make them feel bad or anything. I think I'm a, I have a good way of just approaching it to where I help them out and then move on. Um, but yeah, it's, uh, I, I just want to have a good time. And, you know, I, sometimes I, I'm shocked that this is what I do for a living now. And because it's, it's just totally different. And I'm like, shit, this is yeah, it's, it's, what I got to do. It's something that I wish that I could do. Yeah, I'm just adjusting the levels because I'm picking up a little bit of static okay. that I hear in the background. Um, but personally, I I one day would like to own my own gym. Yeah. Like a Renfrew's House of Gain style gym. It's a um, like a gym that's more of like an underground gym. You know yeah. what I mean? Like garage gym vibes, you know, like yeah. powerlifting type of vibes. Uh -huh. But um, I would like a lot of people to come to it because that's the whole point of the podcast. I talk to many people from different walks of life, and I want to hear their story. 
So I would like to bring that into a gym setting like, like that you do. And um, so here they actually do some, some cool events. Uh, like the, we recently did the deadlifts and donuts. Right. Deadlifts and donuts was really fun in my opinion. That's the first time I've ever actually been able to lift competitively. And the vibe, the vibe was very, very nice. And then so in February, you're also doing a bench and burgers. Uh, March. Oh, March. March. Right. Oh, yeah, the, the meet that I'm going yeah, to in yeah. February. Yeah, it'll be right after that. And um, that's something that's really fun. So basically, they set up to where uh, you you can bring outside people or and then a lot of people from the gym compete. And they'll do, uh, you're basically maxing out on your deadlift or your your bench. And I'm hoping that we do a squat because I'm, I'm, I'm looking forward to that one. I, I think I'll blow a lot of people out of the water with yeah. that one. Not to be... Oh, I'm so fucking cool, but yeah, you know, yeah. I have a I have a respectable squat. For yeah, everyone's got their best lift. So deadlifts and donuts started. Um, my wife thought of the name, and um, I I she reminded me that I didn't like it at first. Thought it was stupid, and then one day I decided it wasn't stupid. So I was like, let's do it. Um, we have a, um, a girl. She's uh, from uh, her Instagram is at Pono Nutrition, I believe, and she makes. Um, these macro-friendly protein-packed donuts, and they're and they're pretty good. Um, oh, those were the donuts you had? Yeah, yeah. Oh, okay. Yeah, I thought so, those were like some gourmet donuts. They were no, they were no, really good. I didn't pro- realize they were protein donuts. Protein donuts. Uh, I wish I had the uh, macros on them, but they're very very low in carbs and fat, and um, have a lot of protein. Yeah, they were actually really good. I didn't realize that so those we, were like macros. We used her donuts. cinnamon. Um, I don't know what she calls them, but they're cinnamon glazed donuts with like some uh, caramel sauce or something mm-hmm. on top of them those are my favorites so she had like just, an oreo cookie one too, we just right? did a ton yeah we did oreo cookies uh, just because some of the people like it we've tried a different one uh, a, a ton of different flavors but the the best flavor in my opinion is the cinnamon so we did like i think eight dozen of those um so yeah, i was chowing down after i fucking um i yeah i did my lips no lie ate 20 um, oh my God. i was yeah. I was injured, so I didn't get to do it, but um, shout out to, to Travis for helping me out. Big um, man Travis. Yes, I want to get him on here, but he's a little iffy. You know? Yeah, yeah. Well, no shout out to him because he helped me out. Uh, he didn't lift that day either, so me and him ran it. Um, it was it was our second deadlifts and donuts. Uh, sorry, it was our third. It was, oh, our it was third, your third? Third deadlifts and donuts. The first one uh, went great. Second one went great. Um, this was the first time that I actually made it more of a legit competition and offered um, first, second, and third uh, cash prizes and um, actually had commands on when to lift and to hold it and stuff like that just to make it more of a uh, legitimate vibe. I did my first powerlifting meet, uh, I guess, like six months ago, and I had no clue what it would be like. And so I wanted to kind of create this vibe because I know a lot of us are doing a meet in February that we haven't done meets before so I kind of wanted to give you guys a sample of what it would be like um, with commands and everything because it is a little different it's a little different uh, lifting when you have a lot of people yeah it's different lifting on somebody else's terms you know? yeah exactly and we had like I think 60 people here so it was a great turnout and you know it's always cool to you can either uh, gain energy from people watching you lift or you can just totally to- choke and and not lift good at all so um, for the most part, I think everyone did great, and um, there's a lot of weight moved around. 
Um, but I thought it went really smoothly. It was my favorite deadlifts and donuts we did. And, um, you know, the, the boards in the background, I don't know if you can see it. Uh, I'm not sure. Can. Oh, it's like, it's right here. Yeah. Everybody who, um, what is, what was it? 15, the 15 best for men's and women. Yeah. Are all the, up there on the board. So I went on uh, by dot score, which, you know, calibrates the weight you pushed, uh, or pulled versus how much you weigh. So everyone did great. Um, I was just, I made it to the board, bro. A lot of people made, uh, uh, did PRs and, and it was, it was, it was pretty cool. It, it was a lot of fun. So we're doing something called, um, bench press and burgers. Uh, in March, we're using a food truck company that we, uh, use for our, one of my little girl's uh, birthday parties and they're going to just, I was going to grill out the burgers, but I really want to participate in the bench press. Yeah. That um, is, it's going to be kind of hard to do both. Cause, uh, I think I will win first place. I'll call it right here. I'll win bench press and burgers. Bench press and burgers is mine all the way. Um, so I, I couldn't grill burgers at the same time. So I, um, decided, uh, uh, have my wife help me out and find that food truck. So she did, they're going to make burgers and, and cheeseburgers it's open to anyone that wants to come. All my events are never open to just members. They're open to anyone. Um, and That's what I think is dope. You get you get a lot more people that will actually come yeah. by doing it by by letting everybody uh, come participate. They get a good uh, quick view of the gym. Yeah, and I don't expect everyone. Some people might not like it here. It might be too loud for them. It um, it might be too small. It, you know, some people like that bigger gym atmosphere. So I don't, I, you know, I'm not after going after any of these big commercial gyms or anything like that. So, yeah. but I like, I don't know if any gyms do any events like this. So I would like to keep it that way and, and, and keep doing that and just kind of promote powerlifting. So we're doing a bench press and burgers in March and, um, it's going to be fun, man. Um, a lot of guys, I, a lot of women are going to participate, which is super cool. When I released that we're going to have one, we saw like I saw like ten girls surrounded by the bench press, all mm-hmm. like bench pressing, and I've noticed that it's picked up a lot. I made a joke to my uh, to one of my buddies in the gym. I said, you know, this is how every one of my fantasies starts: five <laughs> girls bench pressing. Um, but uh, but yeah, it, it's pretty cool to see them, you know, lift and and. Uh, you know, there, we, we have a lot of strong, uh, males and females here in the gym. Um, you know, someone told me that they think we have like the strongest, uh, accumulation of the strongest people here. Oh yeah. Dude, I'm telling you from going to other gyms in town, like it's, it, there really is a, a, a difference there. Mm-hmm. People here are very, like very strong. Yeah. Comparatively, you know, that cause you're going to have the average gym goer at yeah. regular gyms. Right, right, right. Not and to discourage, females. like, average people to, that want to come. Like, everybody exactly. starts somewhere, you know. Like, yeah. I'm not fucking super fucking strong. You've but I'm jumped, trying though. to be. I'm trying to be. Yeah. That's the whole goal, I guess, right? Yeah. So, uh, you know, you've only been lifting for less than a year, right? So A little bit over a year now. Okay. So I had a little, year in uh, July. Yeah. I, I wish I would have gotten into powerlifting earlier. I just got into it within the year. Um like I said, I, I did powerlifting, just never called it powerlifting. But um, I just started powerlifting like three months yeah. since I started working with Brandon. Yeah. Like I never um, uh, specifically went for powerlifting. I just always started with a compound movement. Yeah. Squat bench or deadlift. And yeah. then I would go to accessory stuff. 
Yeah. Same basic setup. But I just got into powerlifting, and I'm I'm very new to it, which um, it's been interesting, like to actually push yourself and to be under like uh, like almost like I guess the stress of having somebody else who is critiquing your form. Yeah. And like telling you that this is what you have to do for this day, you know. Mm-hmm. It's been it's been more stressful, but I've been able to push myself a lot more. Yeah. But I guess that's why a lot of people would go to a trainer, like a a, a personal trainer. Yeah, the accountability, and some people just um, some people want to, you know, better themselves. They just don't know how. Don't know where to start. Yeah. Yeah, and 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 maybe they know how, but and they think they can do it themselves, but they get into the gym and they just they just do not have the the drive to do it. So, um, you know, that's where I come in and, and just kind of point you in the right direction or, you know, I tell you what to do and they do it. So, um, that's been pretty cool to, to see. I didn't understand gym anxiety until I became an owner of the gym. Um, I I can walk in a room and not be nervous at all and just kind of, you know, do my thing and I, not once have I ever walked into a gym and worried about what people were thinking about me or anything like that. So um, when I found out that some people get anxiety about walking into a gym, that was something that I wanted to create was, you know, I, I wanted people lifting heavy. I, I wanted I wanted that. I wanted, um, you know, people and, you know, that were uh, pros at lifting and novices and things like that i wanted all walks of life um but i wanted to try to keep the anxiety down and uh, for the most part i think i have uh, we have a lot of people that you know have thanked me for creating an atmosphere that they feel comfortable in working out because there's a lot of people that want to get in better shape they just can't they can't walk into a gym and i think that's yeah the anxiety it just they just don't want to do it that was um i had somewhat of that problem when i first started yeah i was um I was just worried that people would judge you, you know? Yeah. Like, I guess that's, like, I guess that's, um, you shouldn't worry about it, but it, it, as much as people tell you not to worry about it, you're just still going to worry about it, you For know? For sure. But think about it. When you're at the gym, you're here, you're doing your thing. Yeah. You know? You'll, you'll. Yeah, half the time I don't notice You'll graze at here. people, you know, there's what's his face and there's what's his, well, mm-hmm. what's up. But then you're in your own zone. You're doing your own thing. You could care less, you know? Yeah. So I always tell people that, you know? If if you're if you come to the gym and all you're doing is looking to find out what people are doing wrong, then <laughs> yeah. you're in the wrong thing. You yeah. know? So um for the most part, I don't think people think that way. You know, they come in and, and like I said, I only I only correct someone if I think they're doing something that Yeah, they could possibly gonna, injure themselves. Yeah. Right? I mean, if you're doing dumbbell presses and you're just not focusing on your bicep, I, I'm not going to say mm. anything, you know, unless, yeah. unless I know that person wants me, yeah. you know, they really want some gains and, and they want me to be like that. But for the most part, for the people that are just coming here and want to get the heart rate up and, and just be active and, you know, that's good too. And if I see them doing something incorrect, but it's not going to hurt themselves, I, I debate on telling them or not, cause I don't want to embarrass them or, you know, come off you know, the wrong way. So sometimes I correct him. Sometimes I don't because I'm like, you know what? He's not looking to do this or she's not looking to do this. She's just here to, you know, get her heart rate up, you know, do some cardio and things like that. Then I'm going to let you do your thing and, and, and just keep going. Um, yeah. You're always playing that fine line. Cause sometimes I watch people and I cringe, you know, I'm like, 
yeah. I want to help you, you know, but I don't want to step on your toes, yeah. you know, because nobody wants to be told, oh, this guy fucking is stepping on my toes. Yeah, me some people would take it the wrong way. I think for the most part, people won't take it the wrong way, but there's the occasion that someone would take it the wrong way, and then it just kind of ruins everything. But, yeah. you know, I'll, I had someone the other day doing uh, uh, lat down, pull downs, cable lat down, pull downs, completely wrong. And it's someone I just met. And uh, she's young, mm-hmm. and she has a potential of you know getting in really good shape. She's starting out so young, and it was just a minor adjustment. I walk away and I turn around, and she's doing it correctly. Mm-hmm. So you yeah, know, sometimes that's all you that. need. Because especially like um like lately, I've been having my friends, been teaching my friends how to lift. Yeah, and um, it's just little 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 shit that you can tell them. Yeah, like little technique fixes that. They, like, I, I hate to step on their toes, but I wanna, want them to do it right. And then they, they actually do it right after I tell them. Well, if they're asking you, though, so. Yeah. If they're asking you to, how to do it, then, yeah, that's different. You tell them everything, then, mm. you know. And um, you have great form and everything. I compliment your back arch on your bench. Oh, yeah. Because um, I was a stripper in the past life. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I was, too, and I don't have that back arch, so. <laughs> Um, but uh, your squat's great. Um, thank you, thank you. Deadlifts, you know, good. And so uh, deadlift for me, the deadlift is my hardest lift. Yeah, I am not a huge fan of the deadlift. Like I'd prefer to squat, but yeah. like I have a I have a fairly nice squat. Well, you're always gonna have one weak, one weak lift or or a weaker lift, mm-hmm. you know. And um, you know, mine is the squat. Mm-hmm. So, uh, I'm trying to work on that. Um, you know, I'm telling I, you, bro, it's just mobility. If yeah, you for sure. Mobility a little more, you would have a nice squat. You for have sure. the strength. You have the strength. You're pulling 500 pounds on deadlift. Yeah, I, I, I have the strength. You know, I used to squat 405, not with ease, but, you know, I used to do that. And for some reason, my uh, hip flexors just won't. Mm-hmm. Won't stretch anymore, man. And so you might um, need to do some of the booty work. The um, what is it right here? Hip thrust. Yeah, hip thrust. Yeah. So no, I've been stretching. I, I, you know, you power lift or stretch for like fucking thirty minutes before Bro, you I don't, get going. I don't stretch anymore. No, well, uh-huh. I started stretching and uh, I, I've squatted. Um, uh, people that don't know, I injured. I, I didn't get the MRI because I was going to treat it the same way I didn't care if I tore this muscle or this muscle I was gonna I was gonna treat it the same way so I decided to save some money and not get the MRI but I tore a muscle somewhere in my groin if I had to guess correctly it was my right hip flexor um, because any type of um, lower ab movements or bringing my uh, leg up um, I couldn't do for the longest time so I'm assuming it was my hip flexor yeah and um, so uh, really stretching it out and going from there and I was able to squat on Monday uh, weight every every week I'm going up 10 pounds and that's how I'm going to do it I'm at 295 now so you get back up there yeah next uh in about you know a few days you did 295 as like a max or like a um no it was working so I I had more but you know I just yeah you don't want to push it too hard yeah so I did 295 felt good racked it and moved on did legs um but I'm just going to go up 10 pounds every week and if I can just have a decent squat, my numbers will. I'm at my total right now with a 295. Um, I'm at uh, we just did the math 1165. So higher than mine, yeah. 
So yeah, good. if I can just have a decent squat, I can squat. I can be up. Bro, I know you can so. squat like four hundred pounds. It's just the injury that's yeah. holding you back. Yeah. So we'll see. We got that meet in February. If you're pulling five hundred, you pulled five twenty something, right? The 520 other day. Five twenty last night. Uh, yeah, dude, you're you're squatting four hundred. Five twenty last night and it felt good. Mm-hmm. Felt real good. Um, so yeah, I seen the video. It was it was a good squat or not a good deadlift. Yeah. No, it, it felt really good. Um, I, I, 525 was my goal for February, and 350 was my goal for a bench. So I've already hit 350, and I hit 520 last night. So I'm, I, I'm pretty sure I could have done 525 yesterday. So I, I guess my numbers are going up. My new goal for February is 365 bench and Choo. 550 for deadlift. I don't know. Bro, I'm still looking for that 300. The 315, the three plates on bench. Yeah, I'll yeah. Well, you'll, once I get there. You'll get it, man. Where are you at right now? I did 275. All right. I'm still a little ways out, but. 315 was a big day. Mm-hmm. I remember that day. Yeah, you got three plates on bench. And Vivid now you're like movement. a certified cool guy. You're right. I remember 500, like nothing. You're the but certified deadlift. gym, bro. You know? Deadlift 500 was a big deal. Yeah. Um, that's for me, big, 315 on squat, that was that was a good day. Yeah. I was actually injured. It was here. I hit my 315 squat. Okay. I was injured at the time. I fucking, I was uh, doing some jujitsu and I fucking like tore the cartilage in here. Remember, yeah. it was a while ago. Uh-huh. But I um, actually, I hit my uh, first 315 squat nice. and I ended up re- repping it out that day. I think I did four sets of two. Yeah. It was, it was pretty dope. Because I was just, I was just like, fuck, dude. I ain't been able to lift all week. Yeah. I'm, I'm lifting 315 yeah, on squat. Yeah. It's cool when you have your mindset at something mm-hmm. and you just do it. The mental block is something that I didn't realize was such a big thing. Like, you can lift the weight. Like, you can lift the weight, but it's just the mental block of you're kind of like, I can't. This is so much weight. Yeah. That you're not going to do it. Well, and, and it's squat, su- yeah, it's such a, like a mental thing that and it's squat, hard to get by. Squat's tough, man. Squat's scary. So you mentioned that you wanted you tighten it, tighten it right there. You yeah. mentioned you wanted to do. Um, a squat competition um, like deadlifts and donuts and bench press and burgers. I'd love to have a squat competition, but even oh, yeah, before I injured myself, my number one fear is someone injuring themselves. Mm-hmm. Deadlift, if you can't get it, you let go, you yeah. fight another day. Bench press, you know, you can let, it obviously could hit your chest, but you're going to have spotters. Yeah. You know, not to call it Chris. He, he was repping out some heavy weight today and it came on his chest and you just simply, you know, help him lift it right back up and mm-hmm. you go on. But squats a little different, man. You could really get hurt. So mm-hmm. the thought of having a bunch of people squatting, I'm going to have to have yeah, spotters and safety bars and well, all that Well, yeah, you're going to so need at least two spotters. On two spotters sides. per person. And, and then you're still running the risk for the ego lifting to where they, they go for the lift and then... They're gonna slam the bottom. Yeah, or or like you know when I tore my hip flexor, there was no thinking of letting you you know anyone spotting me. Someone felt really guilty. Um, we had a couple of girls. I here. seen that video. That video is rough. We had a couple of girls here. We had uh, Selena, um, Sam, and a girl named Allie. And Selena felt super guilty that um, she wasn't there to help you know spot me. And there would have been nothing she would have done. She would have gotten really hurt because as soon as I felt that pop. Yeah, you dump it. I dumped it. Yeah. There was no way I would have just waited for someone to grab it off me. I I got rid of it. So Mm -hmm. someone would have gotten hurt. So Mm -hmm. I think about that in the competition. Um, 
I'm going to make it work. I just got to figure out how I'm going to safely do it. And also deadlift, you pick up the weight, you got the lift. You know, you got to lock out, but mm-hmm. that's pretty easy. With bench press, it touches your chest. It's still a relatively low weight. You know, one person can pick that. For the majority of people who are going to bench, one person can lift that off of your right. chest. Right, but what I'm saying is um, with deadlift, you lift it, you get it. You bench press, you hit it at your chest, you get the command mm-hmm. to come up, you do it. Squat is so yeah, there's, subjective. There's gonna be, yeah, there's going to be um, a, a fight about the depth, right? Exactly. So that's another thing I'm worried about because you're going to have to have judges to do. And, you know, if I do something, I want to do it legit. So you're going to have to have at least two judges per lift to decipher if they went deep enough. And, you know, uh, if I can call out anyone in the gym, it's guys that do legs. Uh, females, you guys are all great. And if you... If you're not in depth, I call out. That's one thing I will call out is uh, ego squatting. Um, you know, you're not doing yourself any any help. Girls always want to work out the booties, and if you're not going deep, you're not working. You're, it's a quad workout at that point, and uh, you're not you know you're not getting the hamstrings and the and the glutes involved. So if if there's one thing that I call out people in the gym is if they're not squatting deep enough, and um, and a lot of guys here I'll see you know have three fifteen on on the squat rack and i'm like you need to drop it down to 225 and you need to hit depth and um and so uh you know when i have that squat competition a lot of people are gonna get pissed off because i'm gonna be like bro you didn't go you didn't go deep enough you know and so that that's why i'm i think that's why i've been hesitant at least parallel at least parallel i can be like okay that's a good squat like but for me when i'm trying to teach somebody how to squat i tell them to get your hamstrings to your fucking calves, and that's a squat. Well, yeah, it is a squat, and you go super deep. You have that it's kind just, of that sumo it's type just, squat. I just fucking i I yep. appreciate it. I appreciate a very fucking deep squat. Yeah, I can say that. Yes, that is a good squat, especially but if you're putting up weight. For being a bigger guy, though, you have really good flexibility. Oh, yeah. You can can see it in your bench press and you can see it in your squat. Not everyone has that. So, you know, I there is going too deep. Yeah, to play it by ear. Yeah, especially if the back is rounding an excessive amount. Yeah, exactly. So, you know, it just, it's just, I'm going to eventually have it. I just got to figure out how Mm. I'm going to do it. Yeah, I think it's going to be kind of complicated. So, say you were to do spotter arms, Mm -hmm. you're going to have to adjust it for every single person that comes. And then a lot of people, they don't know how to successfully dump the weight if you weren't to do spotters right or they'll dump the weight while there is spotters and like i'm not going to catch 400 pounds i'm going to let it hit the ground so so that's why i haven't um, yeah yeah i can see i can understand the difficulty that you're going to have trying Mm -hmm. to figure out how to do it yeah because the other ones are more simple yeah exactly so but i'm excited for bench and burgers i want my goal is a 315 bench if i get there you know what it'll be cool if i don't it's but well, and then, and then after uh, bench press and burgers, I'm doing a push pull. I'm doing oh, a bench okay. press and deadlift competition in the summertime. So um, it's going to be deadlifts and donuts, bench press and burgers, all one day event. It'll, it'll be, you know, a lengthy day, four, six hour day. Mm-hmm. And so. Um, Bro, people will like that. I, I think it, that's It's going to be good fun. Idea. I want to blow it out too. We had. We had thirty-something competitors for deadlifts and donuts. I I want double that. I want I want something big. My dream would. I'm a dreamer, and uh, all my dreams come true. But um, if if I could, uh, I'm also a very observer. So when I did my first powerlifting meet, I w- I looked around to see 
how things were ran and then, um, you know, try to incorporate that into my thing. And then now this meet that we're doing on Tuesday, I can't wait. Um, but I also will be observing to see how they do things and, um, and just kind of learn from that experience. And, um, and so I want to incorporate that into the summertime when I do a deadlift and bench press competition. Um, but I want a lot of people. I, my, what I was going about with dreaming is I want to do a whole powerlifting competition and do it at some local place here. I have, I have a great idea of where I'd want to do it at and, um, and just do a huge competition and, and bring in, you know, all the people. You don't think you could accomplish it here? Or you would you would like a larger place to do it? Um, I could do it here, but imagine like doing it. Have you ever been in the walking tree? Oh yeah, yeah. Imagine it doing like inside like the walking warehouse. tree. Yeah, it's a warehouse type of place for people, people who are local. Sitting at the bar, having a good time. Yeah, um, actually, that would be really nice because yeah. they serve food there too. Yeah, so I mean, it, it, they have food trucks, and so of course, it'd be a whole like, event. like they serve food. Yeah, yeah. Well, I mean, listen. <laughs> Our our uh, competition that we're doing in um, February is at a um, I don't know if you looked it up yet, but it's at a full bar restaurant thing. Oh yeah, yeah. So, they were I mean, showing me pictures of it. There's like cars it's, and it's shit inside. I I have to make weight, so I have to drop about 15 pounds by February. So I have to stop eating at uh, it's a what 11 o'clock so usually i'll go home and and eat right before bed i gotta stop that because i gotta be at my class in uh end of february but as soon as you weigh in for for anyone that doesn't know you weigh in for a powerlifting comp uh, the day before so you got 24 hours to weigh in and then after that you can weigh whatever you want so um this first powerlifting competition i did about four or five months ago i needed to drop 11 pounds and i did it and then as soon as you weigh in, you make weight, and then bam, you just go to town. And so that's what I'm going to do. So we weigh in. Uh, we we lift Saturday, and we'll weigh in Friday morning. And then Friday will just be about eating. Um, so I'll, And then Saturday we'll lift. And then Sunday when we're watching Travis lift, um, I'll be eating again. You know? <laughs> so it'll be a lot of fun. I, I, I'm stoked about Sunday just to, to watch guys lift and uh, just kind of enjoy – the bar because it, it looks it looks dope and i love motorcycles and it's at a motorcycle museum yeah so that would be dope i'm, I'm excited because yeah. that'll be my first like um like uh i guess sanctioned powerlifting yeah yeah event mm-hmm. but here i'm gonna pause real quick and we'll, we'll come right back all right we're back um i just want to do a little test because i was picking on a little bit of static i'm not sure if you hear it on the audio or not but we'll see i guess bunkcast productions super f- professional um, back to what we were talking about. We were talking about the meet. I'm, um, I'm excited for the meet. Yeah. I don't know if I'll hit all the numbers that I've hit before, but I'm, I'm looking forward to trying. Mm-hmm. So what I'm looking for is like at least a 470 deadlift. Cause okay. that's my, my, my best deadlift so far. I'm looking for some over 450 pounds on squat. Okay. And, uh, I think I'll go way above that, but I'm not sure. Yeah. And then I'm looking for like a 300 pound bench. That's my goals yeah. for um, for lifting. I know it's not super crazy in some people's eyes, but for me, that's really good. Yeah, and uh, and I've really only, I've only been powerlifting for about three months. I started and started powerlifting in October. Yeah, literally the week before we did the deadlifts and donuts. Yeah. Um. So 
you guys have a competition. Right. Shout out to Schmitty. Oh, okay. Here he is. What's up, buddy? But um, you guys have a competition. Uh, another powerlifter at this gym. He, um, he, you guys set up a little bet of changing the name if yeah. he wins. So, you guys have both recently gotten injured, so I say the playing field is actually pretty fair right now. Yeah, I've given him. Uh, I've given him all. All chance to back out of the bet. He didn't give me the same chance, but I gave him the chance to back out. He says he'll be fine. Um, yeah, so his name's Trinity. He's my um, my wife's younger sister's boyfriend. They've been oh, dating really? for I a long, long time. Uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. So, um, you know, he's kind of, he's not a brother-in-law, but he's kind of like a brother-in-law. They've been dating for a long, long time. And um, for people that can't see, we have a gym cat. His name's Schmitty. Uh, my girl's named him Fluffy, and we thought it was a girl, and we found out it's a boy, and his name is Schmitty, and he lives right across the street, so it's not a stray. Um, a girl here in the gym was, made a vet appointment and all this shit, and was about to take him away, and then uh, we found out he was not a stray, but he's super, super oh, cool. Oh, yeah, he's super friendly. He's just hanging around the gym. But, um, yeah, his name's Trinity. Um, great dude. He helped me uh, a lot with the gym, setting up the gym. Uh, he does electrician work, so he helped me, you know, do do a lot of different things uh, when I was setting up the gym. But um, man, he thinks he can lift as much <laughs> as me. And I'm I, excited to see what happens because it, to me, it seems like a fair playing field. You got hurt, he got hurt. Yeah, both had to take a little bit of time off. I'm excited to see what happens. I'm super competitive because you guys will be lifting in the same weight class, right? Same weight class. Um, He's nowhere near my strength, <laughs> nowhere near it. And um, I love him to death. He's a good guy. He truly is a good guy. He's a great father. He's got a little boy. Um, he's a great dude. But um, Schmitty, uh, he um, he he's not. He's nowhere in my category of strength. <laughs> and I, I'm calling. I, him I will out say right he now. has an impressive deadlift for his for his weight. He class. does. He does. He he's got. He's deadlifting. I think more than more than I am, and I'm he's, like. He's got good. 100, he's at, over a hundred pounds more than him. I think he's at four seventy. Is that what that says? It was four fifty. Four fifty. He could he could have pulled more than that. He's at four fifty. Um, you know, I pulled five twenty yesterday. Um, you know, on an empty stomach, working all day. You know, so. Oh yeah, um, yeah got to throw but, that um, in there. after I worked out too, no but, caffeine. You know, and. It, his his bench press is uh, he, he's going to be nowhere near my bench press, and that's uh, the total that counts. That's the total. It's the total that counts. So for anyone that doesn't know, it's bench press, squat, and deadlift, and uh, you know uh, I'm going to beat him two out of three, and so he better have a heavy <laughs> heavy squat to out squat me, and you know I'm not even I don't even know if he's going to out squat me to be honest with you. I it's I'm 13 14 weeks from injury. And uh, I'm feeling better and better every day. And um, now that I'm stretching and things like that, I'm, I'm starting to, to feel more comfortable putting the weight under, under my shoulders. And, you know, I'm, I'm going to lift heavy, man. I'm going to. So, so the bet is if, if he wins, um, I will name the gym on social media and here. Uh, his last name is Bernie. Uh, it'll be Bernie's House of Gains for a whole month. Uh, I'll let him make all gym executive decisions um, 
if I do a tour, I'm gonna introduce him as the owner. I'll do it all up. <laughs> oh no! But I there's there's no doubt in my mind that uh, that he'll be. You me, got so. this in the bag, man. It, it's done. I'm excited to see what happens. You know, I am too. So so it, it, it's gonna be like just just to mention, he did be, bet me last powerlifting meet, and uh, I out outlifted him by like 120 something pounds. So oh, I didn't know that. True. Yeah. So we we already had this bet before. So I didn't make him do anything. He's a good man, though. Good man. I like Trinity. He um, when I see him here, he works hard. He is. He 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 does his program, um, and he does everything he's got to do. And he's a good guy. But that was a gnarly fucking injury that he had. I didn't even. I've never even thought of that as a possibility. So basically, as he went in, he smashed his pinky on the on the hooks, yeah, the J hooks that hold your weight up when you squat. Right. And like. I never even thought about that as a possibility to that it would split your finger open. Yeah. The amount of weight. I guess it's it's a no brainer, but I never even thought about that. The because uh, uh, I sometimes I come in, I boom, slam it in. The ER doc said it, it was like a great smash, and that's a great analogy to for people that wanted to see. I was there, and he just went to uh, he stumbled. There's uh, these mats. Um, the horse stall mats, so like most gyms, they'll have horse stall mats on the ground. Yeah, uh, I wanted heavier duty mats because I knew there would be a lot of weight that slammed. The deadlift platforms are relatively new. Um, before, we used to just deadlift right on the mm -hmm. mats. And um, and so, but I noticed it would hurt your hands when you started Oh, the vibration, heavier. I yeah. remember. So we, we started, I started getting deadlift platforms, but um, uh, there's, you know, millimeter of a crack between some of these mats and his lifters. Uh, when he was squatting, you wear these special shoes called um, you know, weightlifting lifters. shoes. Yeah. yeah, and they have a little lip at the toe end, and in a perfect case scenario, or in his case, a worst case scenario, is that lip got caught under, and he stumbled right when he racked it, and mm -hmm. um, he popped his pinky it's wide gnarly, open. Gnarly, bro. They because they told me like horror stories, like uh, the other 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 powerlifting dudes that go here. Told me like horror stories yeah. where they they would got got their uh, their friends had gotten their pinky stuck or whatever, yeah. and they go to pull away and they pulled the whole <laughs> the whole pinky yeah. off. No, I've seen it. I've seen a guy. Um, oh, you've seen it. Okay. Oh yeah, I uh, he was uh, inclined bench pressing, and we were doing like a ladder. This is when I was in high school. We were doing a ladder, so you're doing a weight, you're repping them out, you throw it down, you do another weight, you oh, throw okay. it down. Well, the weights were accumulating under him. And uh, his last set, instead of throwing it down, he went to put it down. Oof. And when he put it down, this gym had metal, like, hexagon-type weights. When he put it down, he got his pinky stuck in between a weight that was already on the ground. And when he, he, when he yanked it up to go like that, his pinky was gone. No. And so... Um, Dude. So it was crazy. Um, so, yeah, that was one of my first instances of seeing someone... Uh, injure themselves so you know it happens yes sir yeah yeah i've uh thankfully i've i have yet to be have a serious injury where i have to take time off yet yeah. but um i'm not looking forward to it if it happens you know yeah. i try i try to stay in the in the range where i know that i'm getting close to a deload and mm -hmm. then i deload before yeah i'm getting in that period where i could start gaining injuries yeah well i i was silly i'm i'm 34 so i'm not I'm not young, young anymore, and so I, I never listen to my body. If I was in pain, I was like, oh, bro, you got to. I'll just keep going. Got and to. And so the day I tore my hip flexor, I had a, 
a very blatant call not to squat that day. I mean, I had discomfort. I just, oh, you just I, I did a, a squat of like 225 and just felt it big time. Oh, man. And, um, and just ignored it. And then the next squat was the, the one that popped. So, yeah. Man, I know like a lot of people have problems with the squat. The squat is one of my favorite lifts because it's so hard. But um, a lot of people have problems with the squat. They, they get injured a lot on squat. Yeah. Well, it's going back to the conversation before. There's a lot of stuff that can go wrong. You gotta have good posture, you gotta have good core. Um, all the other lifts, you can kind of get away with it. It's not good to get away with it, but you can get away with it on a deadlift. You can have a curved back and freaking still lift it up. You know, if, if it gets heavy or you're starting to feel discomfort, you let go and it drops and yeah. squat. I mean, if you're going down, you know, you might not be able to get back up and you gotta figure out how you're get gonna pinned. Bail. Get pinned yeah. at the bottom. So there's there's some That's why if you squat, bro, always use the safety racks. The safety racks, you look silly. You look silly using them. Yeah. But you don't know how many times it saved me at the bottom of a squat. Oh, when yeah. I can't lift it. Oh now I gotta fucking fight to get the yeah. get three hundred pounds off my back. Exactly. So safety racks are good. Um I Or a spotter. Know, spotter, just, second second choice. Yeah. Or, or you just you learn how to throw it off your back like mm-hmm. I had to, and now I know oh, look, here he if is. I ever have oh, uh, on the table, yes. If I ever have um, you know problems, I know exactly how I'm gonna throw chip, the chip, bar chip. over. All right, hold on, I might have to grab him. Yeah, yeah. He's gonna tilt, tip the table. This is Schmitty, Jim Cat. What's up, Schmitty? Look at him. Meow. Oh, he's gonna go. He's a cool cat, but he had a death wish the other night. Yeah. I was deadlifting uh-huh. and kept going I, under. Yeah. Yeah. Every time I would go down to start deadlifting, he thought I was like reaching down to pet him. And so he's like, all right, I'm going to run over yeah. right where the bar is. And I'm like, bro, I'm going to fucking kill you with uh-huh. this bar. So I had to start slamming the weight a little bit. To get you him a realize. cat person? I, I like animals, but I'm allergic to like almost all animals. Oh, shit. So it fucking sucks. Yeah. So I'll start petting them, you know, holding them. Yeah, yeah. And then I'm just sneezing. Okay. You know? I like I like animals though. Yeah. Uh, which one's mine? Uh, mine's one. empty. Okay. But um, let me pull my notes open real yeah. quick. So how how did the gym start? You said, or I've seen that it was in like a in in like a garage or something, right? So originally, um, I was working my other job and I uh, decided that I wanted to try to get away from that. I didn't think I was going to fully get away from it, but I thought, you know, I could have like a little side gig and, and maybe go part-time with, with nursing and start this. And so I got my license and, um, in uh, personal training, personal training and started, uh, training out of my garage. I had a lot of gym equipment from previously from my past house. Um, I had a nice squat rack rogue, everything was rogue. And, um, had a good amount of equipment and I, me and my buddies would work out and um, I would always write the workouts out. So I knew how to work, write good workouts out and I, I felt comfortable with doing that and felt confident that the workouts that I wrote were always good workouts. And so I decided to start personal training out of my garage and uh, had an influx of people that wanted to and you know they'll always have a special place in my heart because they were the first people to actually trust me to uh, start training and and um, the people that were the original people that I started training they know who they were and they're a huge 
you know, deal with me because, you know. They got you started. I, it's the I first was, people. I was first terrified. People get you started, man. I would, I, I know, like, you know, such and such is coming to the house at 10 o'clock. So at 940, I'd be, you know, sitting, at, you know, in my kitchen, you know, waiting, eating, getting something to drink or whatever, and just going over the motions. All right, I'm going to have to do this and then that. I'd be so nervous. And then I'd see their car pull up and I'd go out in the garage and meet them. But they didn't know I'd be terrified. I'd be so nervous. And, um, and then we'd train and, and then I would second guess, was this a good session? Um, you know, should I have done this? Should I have done that? And um, just kept going on that. And, you know, unfortunately, personal training is just trial and error. I'm not... Um, but that's everything in life, bro. Yeah, it is. Everything is trial and error. It is. But when it's someone's health and well-being, I guess it was a little different. And I always felt guilty that at the end of the day, I'm charging someone for something. And if I feel like I'm not doing a good job, like I don't want to take their money, you know? And so, um, but it just, it kept, it kept growing and growing and growing. And next thing you know, I was turning down people because I had a, a shift. I work in, I worked at Cleveland Clinic in the ER as an RN and I would have to um, stop taking on clients because uh, I had a shift. So I would make a post on uh, Facebook or Instagram saying, hey, um, you know, I'm available Tuesday, Thursday, Friday. Uh, take it while you can. And then those days would fill up, and then I, I couldn't train anymore. And then the next week I'd be like, I have, you know, because your uh, schedule is never consistent as a nurse. Mm -hmm. And so um came to the point where I talked to my wife, and I was like, do I just do this full time? And we thought it was crazy. And she was super supportive and said, you know, let's try it. And so we did, and it just took off. And so then I trained out of my garage full time, and I did that for a while. And then COVID um, kind of had a spike again, and I felt like I should be in the ER with, with all my uh, uh, hospital family helping out again because it was getting rough. And um, so I went back to the hospital, put personal training kind of on the back burner for a little bit. Um, Worked at the hospital for like another two months or so. And then the influx of COVID patients went down and it went back to kind of normal. And then went back to personal training and um, worked there. And then told my wife, I think I want to own a gym. I think mm -hmm. I want to, you know, go full-fledged in this. I asked a couple of local gyms here if I could work in their gyms as a personal trainer. But... Um, not to call any gyms out because they, uh, they want to take percentages and shit, right? They want to take percentages out. They want to take a very large percentage. And I get it. I get it. You're using their equipment. Mm -hmm. But I felt like I was going to be very successful and I felt like I could bring people in. I wasn't going to be just someone there. When I, when I joined something, I take ownership. So when I went to the gym, I thought, okay, I'm going to, this gym, this XYZ gym is my gym too. I'm going to bring people there. I'm going to support it. I'm going to do all this. And I feel like I'm going to make this gym even more popular. And um, so when I would talk to these owners about, you know, is the rates negotiable? Like what if I can prove that I can bring this many people here and this and this and this? No one wanted to negotiate. And, um, and it wasn't just one gym. It was every gym. Every gym was the same old thing. And I just... I didn't want to do that. So um, we have a friend that's a really good realtor that um, started looking at places for us and found this warehouse. And um, 
put an offer in. It, uh, it passed, and uh, we bought it. So then when we bought it, I started moving um, all the equipment over, and I had about a quarter of the gym um, matted and um, just had basically a garage-sized gym in here and just trained in here, and this was all just sawdust and just junk. Yeah, because this used to be a cabinet. Uh, this was a cabinet place. This guy... Um, his name was Ed. I won't, he had a nickname. And um, guy was super nice, super respectful, but man, he had a ton of shit. And it, it took us forever to clean it out. But I needed to start training, and I knew eventually I was going to have to move my shit out of my garage. So I went ahead and did it. And so people just trained in this empty warehouse. I had a boom box set on the floor for music. And um, we did it, man. We just started doing it and it, it worked out and and this was never supposed to be an open gym it was supposed to be half of it so i bought the building but this building is originally two two buildings yeah so this building actually used to have a wall that separated it and um so oh this, this side had a had a wall this is really? a warehouse and this is a warehouse if you look where the uh um the uh bench row records poster is what to the right or to the left um, to right where that poster is. Oh, the bench that row, was the divider? That used to be right a the door. Center? There's a door there. You can actually see that the cylinder block. Oh, okay, okay. So it had a do double doors, It's completely yeah, so two different one one. mirror yeah. images of a building. Oh, okay. So that was the bay entrance to this building. That was a bay entrance to this building. And he knocked the wall down and made it one and closed that door and just made one entrance. So what I was going to do is I was going to put the door back. I was going to separate it again, and I was going to rent out this. Um, the realtor that we knew said, you could rent this out immediately because there's no commercial, commercial warehouses that are for rent right now. So we're going to put the wall back. We're going to build a bathroom for this side, and we're going to advertise it and, and rent it out. And um, as we're getting a guy, a contractor, to, to give us a quote on everything, I always, in the back of my head, wanted to mention to my wife, I don't want to do it. I want to have a full gym. But I didn't know how she would react to that. And uh, one day I said, I, I don't want to separate it. I want to, I want a full gym, and this is what I want to do. And, and so uh, she's always been super supportive. And I think like, the, the full gym was a way better choice. It fits very well how it's, how it's set up now. Yeah, it, people thought I was crazy when I wanted to do turf down the center. People try to talk me at it. My nah, wife tried to talk me It makes me sense. I like it. And um, uh, just, um, you know, uh, just to the eye, it's appealing. Yes. You know? I mean, yeah. I so what, have, you, what you can't see right now on video is, so this, where we're sitting is turf, and then all the way to that wall is turf. And then all around, like, all around the rectangle is all the equipment. So I could have a lot more equipment if I didn't have the turf, but the turf is utilized, mm -hmm. you know? It keeps them from feeling so cramped, too. Yeah, yeah. I if mean, it was all equipment, it would feel more cramped. Yeah, it's, it's open, you know? It's an open gym, and uh, you do a lot of sled training, you do your lunge work, your stretches, your abs, you know, you can do whatever you want to. This is where people shoot the shit and talk. Mm -hmm. um, so, um, you know, I wanted that. So, um, yeah, we did that, and then... Um, we were rocking that for like six months or so, and I was starting to get people in and, and get more and more equipment. And then the other warehouse behind me, which is my other gym, um, came available. It was actually always available, but 
um, I saw some people uh, looking at it, thinking to buy it. And um, I wasn't ready to buy it yet, uh, but I knew if I waited, I was gonna miss my opportunity. So I actually, me and my wife went in the back and spied on a couple that was gonna buy it. And we're just, you know, just literally just staying right there. They can't see us, we're listening, and they were gonna put an offer in. And uh, so me and my wife talked about it, we're like, we're gonna have to buy it. Because if, if we don't buy it now, we're gonna miss out. And then, and then I'm stuck in just this space. And I knew, like I said earlier, I'm a dreamer. So I want to go, go, go. I want bigger and bigger and bigger. And um, so we bought the other building too. And so that side is more set up like a traditional gym. So if you ever come by, I always give a tour. This gym is, you know, uh, Chris alluded to it earlier that it's a CrossFit gym. Um, it's, it's, you know, it's for functional HIIT training, powerlifting, CrossFit. It's got a little bit of everything. Um, and then the other side, it's just like your commercial type gym. It's got all the equipment, um, plate load equipment, cable equipment. It's got everything you need. Um, just kind of set up more like your just traditional type gym. Mm -hmm. And uh, so it's both I consider sides. that side more of like a bodybuilding type of side. You know? For sure, for sure. Definitely. This definitely. side would be more free weights and you have some cardio equipment. You've got sleds. Yeah. We have a few bodybuilders here. And um, they utilize that room, but they, they come over here too. Mm -hmm. um, so, yeah, no, it definitely is, you know, set up like a uh, bodybuilder type gym. Mm -hmm. So, um, been having those and I've been open. I opened this side in December. So, it's been a year now. And then that side, I think, has been open for. It's not very long. Yeah, three, four, five months, something like that. I'm bad with time. So when I came right right uh, before you opened that side, right before I think you guys even purchased it. Or, okay. And um, you guys opened that side quick, and it looks nice too. Yeah, shout out to Trinity and shout out to Felix um, for helping me out um, get that side really quick. Mm -hmm. um, you know, there's and the a lot. colors, it's all, all black. It looks very nice. I wanted it sexy, man. I, I think a gym should be sexy. Gym should be black, grays, stuff like that. Little hints of red. Um, so that, that uh, you know, it just, um, I looked up um, how Instagram gyms are popular. And it was like lower lighting, uh, darker colors, things like that. So I kind of went with that flow. All metal plates. Um, so, so yeah, that, that side came out great. Um, it actually just now gaining popularity. For the longest time, it was busy in here, and you go over there, it's a dead zone there. Oh, so yeah. now finally, like today, I was in there, and there was like seven people there at once. And, um, you know, seven people at another gym is nothing. Seven people in this gym is, is, is crazy. It's like, wow, okay, finally people are using this. I spent mm -hmm. a lot of money over there, and I want people to use it. And finally today was one of the first days where like people are actually using it. So I was excited about that. Um, you know, I try to keep memberships pretty low so it's not crowded. Um, because, you know, even though I like people, I like the atmosphere of people here in the gym. Um, I know not everyone's like me, so I want to keep it not so crowded. So you're not having to wait on equipment and and you know getting out of the zone and things like that so you know that's why it's good to have both sides if you come here and you know something's taken i have a lot of duplicate um yes. equipment over to the other mm -hmm. side so yeah
Yeah, that's one thing that I always appreciated about this gym. You, you, um, you spared no expense on the quality of the equipment because I've been to other gyms and their quality, like especially the barbells. The barbells are very like trash. Yeah. In a lot of gyms, and you won't find the uh, the specialty bars either, like the deadlift and the squat bar. Yeah. Some of them don't even have the safety squat. Right. Well, uh, when when I did get this, I wanted. Travis and Brandon to join the gym. I wanted powerlifters in here too, to try to get you know just different tastes of different type of uh, gym goers. And Travis told me he would join the gym, but I needed a f- couple things before he would join. Um, one of them was a safety squat bar. Uh, one of them was a deadlift bar, and one of them was a squat bar. So I purchased all three. And well, because for him, he literally cannot squat with a regular power bar. Right. And, and you know, our power lift meets, we have to use squat bars. Mm-hmm. So I actually uh, purchased a, another squat bar tonight. Yes. Um, so we'll have, uh, we'll have two squat bars because a lot of people just squat with the power bars, which is totally fine. I actually still squat with the power bars. It I, I prefer the power bar, but I, I just want to be um, – used to squatting with practice, the squat bar but i mean but for my choice i prefer the power bar it's nice when you get under yeah some nice weight and then the bar's shaking you yeah know? yeah so no, me cool. too it doesn't bother me at all um but you know we we got to use a squat bar in competition yeah. so we might as well get used to it but to me that's like the least worried thing like i don't even prefer to deadlift with a deadlift bar i prefer to do the power the power bar because it tears my hands up i guess oh, i got see, bitch I, hands you know i but, disagree with that yeah now that I've started, I mean, you, you, you lift heavy too, but now that I started deadlifting heavy, heavy, um, I, I don't use straps and I actually, I don't have big hands, but mm-hmm. for some reason I have incredible grip strength. I've never had to worry about ever tearing or anything like that. But deadlift bar to me is, is the way to go if you're in a deadlift. So yeah. It's um, it's more uh, pleasing on the joints, you know. It, the power bar to me is a little more taxing on the joints. It yeah. feels like because you don't get that that set in, yeah. you know. It's directly pulling up as soon as you lift. But um, I just I don't know. I prefer it. The yeah. the 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 grip on it doesn't tear my hands yeah, up yeah, as bad. Yeah. I feel you. And um, so you had a job before this. You were a nurse mm-hmm. at one point. You yeah. were you were an e uh. Uh, ICU nurse, right? Uh, ER. ER. Okay. So, um, you were an ER nurse. I imagine that's very stressful compared to what you're doing now. For sure. Yeah. Um, I almost have no stress with this job to be honest with you. Um, the stress I have this job is just, uh, I mean, I want everyone to enjoy being here. So the stress I have with this job is when you think about it, it's totally minute is like, um, you know, Chris over there is on the bench press, and Brandon's waiting for the bench press. So, you know, Travis got the bench press next. So, you know, I hope that yeah. flows on. Right. Yeah. You know, that's the type of shit I worry about. It's not life or death. Literally, yeah. it's not life or death. Right, right. So, no, I, I, I like taking care of people. I like, um, I love the ER because you can, you can have someone on their absolute worst day, and if I can make your day a percent better when by the time you leave i felt like i did my job so um you know um i was not the smartest nurse i was not 
the the best nurse you know by any means but i always had a good attitude and i always felt like i treated people with respect so you know i i think i could bring someone's worst time and make them a little bit better so you know if they had a death in a family or you know anything is is outrageous you can think of um if i could just make it a little easier for them then i felt like i did my job so uh, i like the er i did other stuff before that but i really enjoyed the er i was in the er for about two and a half years and uh i started december of 2019 so oh so um, that was right right before was, COVID. we yeah. kept hearing about this this virus that it's is uh, that is uh you know people not causing people not to be able to breathe and we didn't know what was hell was going on and then january just took off and it was just it was crazy man mm -hmm. um so that was a crazy time so we were decked down and i was the uh the the younger more in shape person so they said uh, you know for the most part i had all the covid patients we all had the covid patients um because it was just a, a pure influx of covid yeah. patients but I felt like, um, you know, if, if, you know, someone here is, you know, in their fifties or sixties and they're not the healthiest person, then I didn't feel right sending them in and not myself in. So yeah, you could possibly kill them because yeah. you didn't want to take that one. Yeah. So, so we had to go in, but we, we all team worked. We, we work with the best people. So, you know, if we had a, if we had a COVID patient and, um, some type of an exacerbation of, of, of uh, shortness of breath, um, we all teamwork. We're like, all right, you're going to do this. I'm going to do this. You know, cause we had to wear these God awful hazmat. Uniforms. Oh, like the full, the full. So, so, you know, you couldn't see because it'd be so foggy and try and, you know, anyone who goes in the ER, uh, ER, you automatically start an IV. So good luck getting an IV when you can't even see. You can't even um, see the veins. Yeah. So like you're hot, you're sweaty, you have people panicking. You're panicking inside yourself because you have no clue what to do. We didn't know what how to treat COVID when it first came out. Um, you know, unfortunately, I, a lot of people passed away from COVID that probably didn't need to, um, but we were treating it wrong, and um, and we were doing some things that I think maybe we shouldn't have done, um, but we didn't know, and um, and so it was crazy. Uh, it was a crazy time. So then it, it, I worked there and and enjoyed, you know, being there. And then and then, like I said, I, I decided to get out of it and and get that. So I was at Cleveland Clinic for two and a half years. Prior to that, I worked um, on the sales side of nursing and uh, worked for a couple of companies and did marketing and and sales. And I worked for a cardiologist um, for many years. I worked in. Lawnwood Hospital. Um, I worked at a critical care uh, unit, and then uh, CVICU, where I took care of uh, open heart patients, and did that for a while. And um, I, I, I think ICU nursing is boring. Um, you have uh, really there's there's a lot of different memes of an ER nurse versus an ICU nurse. Um, and so, you know, ICU nurses don't like ER nurses and vice versa. So there's always that. Oh, it's like the policemen versus firefighters. Yeah, yeah. There's always that fight because uh, um, so it, it's just something normal. But I've been on both sides and, and, you know, we all respect each other and things like that. We just do things 
totally different. Why would you say it's boring, though? It seems like they would both be pretty interesting. Um, it's a lot of routine stuff. A lot of times your patients uh, are comatose. Um, I'm oh, a talker. Okay. So I like to deal with, you know, situation and, and do things. Sometimes you have an ICU patient, you have an open R patient, they're, they're knocked out for 48 hours, you know. And so you're just keeping them, um, you know, steady until, um, you know, they're, they're taken out of their comatose state or, you know, they're ready to, to get going. But you're just doing a lot of the same old stuff and watching drips. I mean, it's, it's, it's important as hell. You can do one calculation wrong and you can kill someone. And, um, but it just wasn't my thing. I like the chaos and, um, you know, I like going into work, never knowing what you're going to walk into. When you're an ER nurse, you, you look at the board and you find out I am in section this, this area, this you are, area. You have your day planned out for you is what you're saying almost. For an ICU, yes, mm -hmm. you know exactly what you're going to be getting. You like yourself you into. like the rush of not knowing oh, yeah. exactly what you're going to get into that day. Pop I imagine in. you learn a lot too because there's going to be so many different situations. Yeah, that you're yeah, into. for for sure. You you know you'll have a, a pinky laceration mm -hmm. from a squat person that you're helping out, and then the next you know second you have a you know a two year old with a hundred and five fever, you know that's having seizures. And then, you know, the next person you're having someone that, you know, has a gaping diabetic ulcer on their foot and uh, their foot's about to fall off. So you have just, just every little story. And, and, uh, since I was a male, they put me on a lot of the, um, the Baker acted side and the psychiatric type sides. And, and I found that fun. Um, I, I liked helping out people like that and, you get a lot work with a lot with law enforcement. Um, law enforcement would bring someone in that was Baker acted, and you would uh, just treat them that way. And it, it was it was fun. I miss it. I um, after the holidays, uh, someone asked me if I'd come back and and possibly um, do some very light part time hours. And uh, I told him after the holidays I would think about it. So. After the holidays, I might I might make a little return for a little bit, just like during lunchtime, a um, few hours during the middle of the day, go in and, and help out. So we'll It'll see. It would be a side hustle too. Yeah, yeah. No, money. it would be. But, um, but yeah, we'll, we'll see. So you said you had a nursing school story. You said you got kicked out of nursing school? Yeah, so um, I got my RN, or I went to school as soon as I got out of high school. Um, I graduated high school with my um, AA already, and so um, I went straight into nursing school. Oh, you did? So you you did like a um, a dual enrollment program? Correct. Yeah. Okay. So um, I went straight into nursing school when I was eighteen. Graduated when I was twenty, and um, had full full uh, an idea of of just you know as a nurse you. You walk into the hospital, you make like 60 grand a year, you know, just being 20 years old. So I was like, I'm gonna live with my parents until I'm 25, make 60 grand for five years, save it all up and be rich as shit and, you know, live my life. That was my plan. Um, but so I, um, I graduated nursing school and at the very end of nursing school, you have to do something called preceptorship, which you're academically done with nursing school. Now you just have to, you have to shadow a nurse for like 14, 16 days or so. 
And, uh, and when the nurse feels comfortable, she leaves you and you work as a nurse it's called a graduated nurse and, um, you do your thing. And then when it's done, the preceptor signs off on you, you're done and you, you go about your way and then you can take the boards and, and, you know, do your thing. Um, my original preceptor that I was going to have, you get assigned to someone. What's a preceptor? I don't know. Um, a nurse that is um, qualified to sign off on a younger nurse. Okay. So she was, uh, they're usually like he or she are seasoned nurses that know when a nurse is ready to, to go off on the real world. And so um, they're called preceptors and they get paid a little extra in the hospital and whatnot. And they would take you on that you're a brand new graduated nurse and then you would work under them. And then when they felt comfortable, they'd be like, all right, you do everything. I'm going to sit back and kick back. And you would just do everything. And is um, it like high stress situations or would it be like a typical you get, you get, everyone got assigned to different okay. things. So I knew I wanted to be an ER nurse. So I asked to be in the ER. Um, if you want to be a OBGYN nurse, you can ask to be an OBGYN. If you want to be a pediatrics nurse, you could ask to do that. Didn't know if you were going to get it, but you could request where you wanted to be. So, um, my preceptor was going to be, can you talk to the tip a little bit more. Yeah. Yeah. Like right at the very tip of it. It's a little my, bit uh, preceptor said, um, I couldn't get a hold of her. And all my friends that were in nursing school were already like in it, like a couple weeks in it. And I was like, man, I, I haven't had my first shift and you guys are on like your eighth shift, you know, what's going on? So I called and called and called and find out that my preceptor that I was um, signed up to was uh, on vacation. So, <laughs> nice um, yeah, <laughs> so I'm like, ah, wow. So they were like, don't worry, we're gonna give you a new preceptor. So I was signed to a new preceptor, got in touch with her, and met her the next day and started working. And within the first couple hours of the shift, she you can tell something's going on in her life because she's having to take phone calls and, and walk away, and she seemed very stressed and things like that. I just met her, so I, didn't, I was going to ask her any questions. And I found out, uh, she pulled me aside and said, listen, I was diagnosed with uh, breast cancer, and it has came back and I have to immediately stop working and go and have radiation and chemo and whatnot. Oh, and so she was, you know, she was obviously terrified, but she was worried about me too. What am I going to do? I'm like, well, listen, don't worry about me. Like I'll figure it out. So coincidentally, 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 there you go. Um, the original preceptor that I was assigned to was there at work. And oh, finally said, showed up from vacation <laughs> and said, I'm sorry, I was on vacation, you know, blah, yeah. blah, blah. Like I'm bummed. I wanted a preceptor, you know, blah, blah, blah. Cause when they have preceptors, they get they, when they have a nurse that they're working on it, they get paid more cause they're mm -hmm. having to do a little extra work. Um, I said, well, I actually need someone, um, such and such is taking a hiatus. So I need someone. She was like, Oh great. You know, blah, blah. So, as a 20-year-old kid that's already behind in um, shifts because all my buddies are like almost done, I took it upon myself to just start working with her um, because I knew she was originally assigned to me, so I knew she was qualified. I had her sign the paperwork that you have to have signed and uh, started working that day. Instead of taking the day off, I just decided, you know what, screw it. I'm not going to lose a day. I just started working with her. 
Well, my um, school found out and that I did not ask permission to work with this. Now, I was always a kind of a, a cut up in class, like kind of a class clown type person. Like, uh, you know, I, I took it seriously, but I also had a good time doing it. And um, I guess I rubbed some of the instructors the wrong way, or at least I rubbed the dean um, the wrong way. And she decided to make an example of me. And due to me not asking permission of uh, switching preceptorships, she kicked me out of nursing school. And I'll never forget that day. Vividly, get a call. Hey, you need to get to school. Um, You're going to have a meeting. And the hospital that I was at, like, was like almost an hour and a half away from my school. So I was like, you know, are you sure? Like, you don't want me to finish your shift or no, you need to get here immediately. Mm-hmm. So I get there and I remember I walk into the office and it's this, this bitch <laughs> at this table <laughs> this and, um, she has this fake ass smile. You know when someone's evil and they have that fake smile? Mm-hmm. Uh, she had a, a fake, sociopathic smile. Fake smile. And uh, just, you know, described me what I did wrong and told me I'm out. And, um, and so, you know, as a 20 year old guy, like, first the initial shock, um, I had to go through that process. And then afterwards, I think I started bawling my eyes out. I called my parents, told them my dad was stunned we met the school for a emergency type meeting where it was a round table that fit probably 12 people and it was all my instructors plus the dean um and me and my dad and um the dean did the meeting about what i did wrong legally and I presented my case, said I, I didn't think I was doing anything wrong. I just took it upon myself to do this. Um, I was going to tell you guys what I did. Every, so what I'm leaving out is this was like a Wednesday. Every Friday you meet at the school and talk about how everything's going. So that Friday I had full intentions on telling them, hey, this is what happened. So um, I, I meet them up and uh, – my dad ends up getting a lawyer and saying, you know, because when you get kicked out of nursing school, at least my university that I went to, is you weren't able to get back in. Once you were kicked out, you had to start from scratch. Oh, and, and I was done. I was damn, done with nursing, academically done. And, um, and so um, we fought it and fought it. And I ended up pulling out and just saying, Dad, I, I don't even want to look at these people uh, because my instructors had the chance to speak up for me and they didn't. And I'm not a perfect, I was not a perfect student, or, but I was always very respectful. Yeah. yeah, but I was always respectful and, and, and my instructors liked me. I felt like they did, but no one spoke up. And so um, well, everybody's probably scared for their job. It's- they were, they were, because this dean was evil. And um, so um, I was 20 years old. I didn't have a lot going on. I was actually speaking. I was kind of doing long distance with my wife, uh, which was my girlfriend at the time. I just got out of a long relationship. She got out of a long relationship. And we we're kind of doing like, we're just kind of friends, but we're doing this kind of long distance thing and deciding, you know, what are we going to do? Are we going to start dating? Or are we just going to kind of move on? Because she lived down here and I lived in the panhandle of Florida. 
Oh, and wow, that's a long way. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So, um, so we decided to um, actually just mutually break up. And, um, and so um, I was waiting tables, just kind of figuring out what I'm going to do with my life. And, um, you know, just kind of bummed. And I kept running into instructors and just getting sick to my stomach when I'd look at them and be like, you know, where were you when I needed you type of thing. Yeah. And so I decided to move. I said, you know what? Um, me and my, uh, I asked her, could I move down here and get my own place? And could we start dating? And we did. And um, my parents were against it, but I, I told them that's what I want to do. I just want to get the hell out of there. Um, I was sick, man, just sick. And um, challenge as an RN, when you finish school, you can challenge um, the LPN boards. LPN is kind of a, um, I, I don't want to say a lower nurse than an RN, but it's it's um, initially less educating education that they get. But you know, an LPN that's been doing work for twenty years is you know is intelligent you know what does lpn stuff. stand for a uh, licensed practical nurse okay um and um so it's i'm not even going to begin to try to explain the difference because i'd mm. probably get it wrong but there's a difference um, a huge pay difference too a huge pay difference and um and and the type of work you can do so i challenged the lpn boards and and passed and became an lpn well uh, this was like 15 years ago in Vero. 15 years ago in Vero, it wasn't like it was now where you, you're a nurse, you get a job anywhere. At that time, uh, Vero was very old. If you think, if anyone thinks Vero's old now, 15 years ago, it was even way older. Um, I couldn't get a job. And it's an LPN. Your places that you're going to work is like a nursing home or this or oh, that. Oh, you, you mean like old, like, like, um, the the demographic is old. Yes, yes, yeah. yes, yes. Yeah, that's one, that's part of our town. It's a very small town. So so um, I couldn't I couldn't get a job as an LPN. I'm here and I could not get a job as a nurse. So um, I started waiting tables, like I did back there and back where I'm from. Waiting tables. Me and my wife, which is my girlfriend at the time, never see each other because she had a regular like nine to five type job. I waited tables at night. So we never saw each other, and I was kind of miserable because I grew up in the Panhandle where all my friends were from, had no friends here because Vero Demographics is so old. If you don't know people your age, it's impossible to find people of your age. It's better now, but 15 years ago, it was non-existent. You wouldn't see someone your age for days. And so um, I, um, you know, slightly depressed, uh, started waiting tables, and I told myself, if I ever see someone in scrubs or anything, I'm going to pick their brain and find out where they work. So I'm waiting on some two ladies that are having a good time. They're drinking margaritas, and um, they're both in scrubs. And I'm kind of, you know, getting to know them and bringing them margaritas and, and all that stuff. And find out that um, one of them has a, um, is like the head honcho for a weekend job where she's a, um, they call it a nursing supervisor for a home health company, and she needs a scheduler. Um, so you're not anything clinical. Um, you, you don't need any type of license or, or education background to become a scheduler. It's kind of like a desk job, right? A desk job, and it was on the weekends. And so... Um, I mean, that gets you in, though. But she was like, you know, I'm going to get your foot in, and then possibly... 
once your foot's in, maybe I can get you a job as a nurse. So I thought about it and took it. I did that job for a year and never had the opportunity to work as a nurse oh, nice. uh, and found out that they were never going to make me a nurse. Not, not going on this supervisor. This supervisor actually is still a dear friend. I haven't seen her for years or years or years, but if I saw it today, I'd give her a big hug and, and all that good stuff. But um, I found out that her boss never was intending on me to ever work as a nurse. Um, but one day I'm sitting there and... Um, it's on a Sunday, Saturday or Sunday, and it's in the morning, and I get a call from an 850 area code, which is the Panhandle of Florida, and I get a call, and I, I say, hello, to Steve, and she goes, hey, this is Mrs. Such and Such. Um, I don't know if you remember me, but I was one of your instructors back years back when you were at Pensacola State, and I was like, yeah, I actually, I actually do remember you. And she's like, well, I am the new dean of students um, at the college. And um, one of the very first things I wanted to do when I became dean was right the wrong. And I always remember you, Steve, getting kicked out of nursing school. And I knew how bad it was. And I always felt so bad that I didn't speak up for you. But we couldn't. We couldn't. We, you know, this person basically told us if we spoke up, we were going to lose our job. So now that I'm dean, I want to right the wrong, and I would love for you to come back to the college and get your diploma. And Child so her. she's a goat. Yeah. I was stunned, dude, stunned. It was a Saturday morning. This is like a year and a half, two years later. Like mm-hmm. I didn't know what I was gonna do. Like I knew I never, Probably never was gonna be, hope in that. never gonna be an RN because I was not gonna go through that schooling again. Um, I didn't, I didn't know, and I was stunned. And I remember tearing up. And, uh, you know, thanking her, just telling her, I'm going to call my parents and figure out how I can work this. Cause I had rent, I had a job, like I didn't know. So my parents, um, I remember my parents instantly cried and they said, get your ass here and we'll, we'll pay your bills while you're here. And all I had to do was go up there and do the original, the 14 hour, the 14 shifts that I missed down before. So I got up there, got a, a preceptor. Um, I started doing my shifts. I was just a good old boy. Just did what they told me to do. Put your nose to the grind. Got them yeah. done. She said, come, she said, come home as soon as you can and get started because she was kind of a stir of the pot. She was kind of trying to right a lot of wrongs at the past Dean. So she didn't know how long she was going to have her job because a lot of people didn't like her. Oh, okay. I remember in school, a lot of people didn't Standing like her. Standing up to authority. Yeah. yeah. You don't last long there. So um, sure enough, as soon as I got my diploma, she was fired. So if I would have waited any bit, um, I would have never had the opportunity. So I got there, took it, finished all the shifts, got my diploma. She lost her job then, but it didn't matter. I had my diploma and uh, took the boards and became yeah. an RN. <laughs> I, think, yeah. I hurried up and got that shit done, man. So I got my, got my RN, and then, um, then I was able to work at that job that I was trying to do. So then the rest is history, man. I bounced around. As a nurse, you kind of change. Um, I don't stay. This this will be the first job I've ever kept for more than two years. Um, I uh, usually have a two-year mark where I'm ready to change jobs. First job was at Whataburger. Have you ever had a Whataburger? I have not, no. So uh, Chris here has never been on a plane or anything. So he, sure. he said the, the farthest he's driven was uh, Tennessee. Na- Tennessee. So um, uh, Whataburger is a fast food chain. It's on the West Coast, right? Or the, yeah. No, South. 
It, oh, it's okay. Texas. It okay. started in Texas. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Corpus Christi. They make you watch a video mm. of how it was made. But it was my first job, Whataburger. And then, um, and, and then you know, I worked there for like two years. And then I went to this. And then I went to this. And just kept transferring. And then, um, so as a nurse, the cool thing about being a nurse is you can do different things. There's so many different things. I did sales. I, I went to people's houses and put external defibrillators on for people. Um, if if you need a defibrillator, an implantation in your heart um, to get like... Um, is that almost like a pacemaker? Or? So a pacemaker um, it keeps, keeps the pace it of your heart from beating. Because it beats irregularly, right? Keeps it beating. Well, it has nothing to do with the irregularity, but if, um, if your heart rate has a, a trouble keeping up with pace, it can kick in and beat for it. A defibrillator actually shocks the heart. So if your heart rate is an oh, arrhythmia okay. and it's in a... Um, a, a deathly arrhythmia, it can shock the heart and kind of reset the heart back to where it'd be at a norm, normal rhythm. So some people that need a defibrillator can't get one due to insurance or they had a recent heart attack or there's some reason why they can't. So they're at high risk of something called sudden cardiac death. And when they're at a uh, sudden uh, risk of cardiac death, um, there's a company that makes a, looks like a backpack. And it, well, you know what it looks like is a bra, and um, you put it on, and I would hook it up to you, and I teach you how to use it. And if you ever went to an arrhythmia, um, and you were gonna, so two things happen when you go into um, something called VTAC and VFib, is when you go into VTAC, it usually leads to VFib. You're either gonna pass out and die, um, or it's gonna. Um, come out by itself usually doesn't happen that way usually eventually pass out and die so um what this uh defibrillator did is you had the power to turn it off because no one wants to get shocked while they're awake mm -hmm. um so if it detects that you're in a heart rhythm uh, heart arrhythmia that uh, needs to be shocked and back into arrhythmia or into rhythm you have the power to turn off the device by pushing two buttons at the same time. And then let's say you continue, then it beeps really loud, supersonic loud, because it would need to wake you up at any sound. So this is something that you wear while you sleep, or it would be Wear it at all times. Okay. So then you could push it again and push it again, but eventually the thing is you're going to pass out. Now you can't push the buttons. Oh, okay. So okay. at that time, it gives you like 30 seconds to respond. Um, if you don't respond, then it shocks you. So I had to put these devices on people. I did that as an RN. I mean, you can do a lot of different things. So I tell anyone that wants to go to nursing school, I encourage it because I'm like, listen, you don't have to be in the hospital dealing with bullshit all the time. You can you can branch off and do something like that. Yeah, they verse you in, in medical medical type things, and then you can do you can all the subsets of that comes with nursing. Exactly. So, like, look, I was an RN. Now I'm a you know, a gym owner. So, mm -hmm. and I would never become a gym owner unless I was an RN. So I tell people, you know, do it and then see what, what goes. We have a lot of nurses that work here in the uh, gym that are becoming nurse practitioners. Uh, we have a lot of firefighters, um, EMT paramedics, um, you know, law enforcement, things like that, that, you know, they have some type of medical background and they branch off to do different things. So it's real cool. But yeah, that's my nursing school. Yeah, that was story. a yeah, that was very interesting because I'm yeah. surprised they kicked you out for doing more work. We never figured out why. You know, like she that, just said that seems counterproductive. You would she, can, you would encourage people who want to do more work, but instead she, we're just going to kick you out. She simply said she was making an example out of me. 
Nice. And, nice. Um, yeah, that's that's an awesome example. And you know, if I would have if, if I would have furthered the lawsuit, could I have won? Maybe, but I I I couldn't look at any of my instructors' eyes because when I would see them like at Target or something like that, it was just with total disgust. Angry. I, like, I would be. I'd be angry. It was. You spend all that time working. Yeah. And then they kick you off for doing more work. Yeah. So, yeah, that's that's it. That's man. awesome. Here, we'll take a break here real quick. I got to piss so bad. All right, man. All right, we're back. Um, successful, successful break. So I wanted to do a brief touch on fatherhood. Something that you said to me that I, um, that I value is you said we were discussing Brandon having a kid mm-hmm. and how it must, you must be nervous because you're having, it's your first kid. And you said that if, if you waited until you're ready, you'd never have kids. And that's, um, something that I'm not planning on having any kids, mm-hmm. but I can, I, I can understand your meaning behind it. Yeah. You're never going to feel a hundred percent ready. Um, you might be a hundred percent ready that you want to have kids, but actually physically ready, feeling financially ready, um, you know, and even if you do think you're ready, you're not. Um, so I tell people, if, if you're going to wait to feel 100% ready to have children, you're never going to have children because you're not going to ever feel ready. And then as soon as you think you're ready and the time actually comes, you're going to realize you're not ready. So, um, you know, it's, you know, babies are born and, and parents are made every day and, and you know, life goes on. Yeah, so, your, your ancestors were probably never ready to have kids, yeah, but they so you, still had kids. You just gotta go, man. But you know, it's what's important is when you realize that you do want to have children, and then you take it to the next level. But yeah, you're never gonna feel. So a lot of people say, oh, "I'm just not ready." You know, I don't know if I'm this or that or that. If you want to have kids, then go for it. If you don't, then no pressure. Like, yeah, wait until you're ready. You know, There's plenty of people who will repopulate the earth. You know? Yeah, ready. You know, wait until you're ready to at least want to have children. Yes, but you're never gonna feel 100 percent ready. You know, and as a father, I feel I feel that a so a lot of children go without a father. Right. Yeah. For me, I feel like a father is is one of the most important positions that a child will have to look up to. Because me personally, I didn't have a great relationship with my father. Right. And um, I had to find, um, I guess, examples in other people. Yeah. And not him. And um, so, what do you think your viewpoint is, is on that? I. Yeah. I mean, I had a. I have nothing to complain with my childhood. I had a perfect childhood. Um, fortunately. Um, sometimes I feel guilty that people had, um, situations in their life. I have not one damn bad thing happened Mm -hmm. to me as a kid. Um, so, you know, I had, you know, the, the minor shit, but, um, you know, both my parents, my, my dad was in the Marine Corps. He was a high ranking officer. He was a helicopter pilot. Um, he, he made great money. Um, I traveled around the world. Um, if there was one thing I complained is we moved a lot, but I enjoyed it. Um, I lived in Japan. I lived in Guam. I lived in Hawaii. I lived in all of the East coast. I lived in California. I lived in some really cool places and I enjoyed every second of it. And, um, so I had a great childhood and, um, my mother was very loving. My father was very loving. My father was a very good role model of how you could, should treat, um, 
his wife, which, you know, my mom, obviously, um, and he was a great father. And, and, um, so I had an excellent role model to, to look after. And, and then, you know, so I had that. Um, so it's very important because I was able to, to, you know, further that down to my children. And, uh, we have three girls. Um, I had, uh, my first Charlotte, um, me and my wife took a while for us to have children. We decided that we wanted to go ahead and start trying to have children. It just wasn't in the cards for us. Um, we tried and tried and tried and had a lot of mis- mishaps and misfortunes um, along the way. And then, um, so kind of, it kind of, uh, it sucks because you finally have someone that wants to have children. You hear about all these people that have children and just don't, you know. Mm-hmm. They either choose to abort or, or adoption or, you know, stuff like that. And here we are. We want to have children, and we couldn't. Um, and so uh, finally we were blessed with Charlotte and um, and had her and decided, you know, we wanted to have at least two children. So we decided to go back to back and because we wanted the kids close in age and we were like, what if it takes us another two or three years to have our second child? Now they're away. So as soon as the doctor said, we're ready, we can start trying again. We tried again. We conceived Caroline the very first time. So uh, Charlotte and Caroline are about 16 months apart. And, um, and so, you know, they're super close and I, I'm so happy for them to have that relationship because, um, you can tell they're just going to be super close for the rest of their lives. And, um, their difference with personalities and, and physical attributes and things like that. But, you know, if I yell at one cause one's in trouble, the other one will stand up for her and tell her, don't yell at her yeah, and click. vice versa. They so they, they gang up on you and, and that's super cool. And then I thought we were done. I thought we were done with two. And, um, it, you know, as a, as a new parent, you, you lose the sense of individuality that you have, you know, you, um, you're a parent now, you're the most important thing you can be, but you kind of lose a sense of yourself. And if you're, you're married, um, your marriage can kind of take a hit on, uh, you know, because you can't do the things you used to do. You know, you used to go out on dates and you used to do this and you used to do that. Um, you can't do that anymore. That's, that's done. And, uh, so it takes a little hit. So you got to have a good, strong foundation because it goes through a few years before you can start having that again. So especially going back to back, it wasn't a good two or three years of not doing stuff like that. Now it's another two or three more years on top of that. And so, we were just starting to find our individuality back. I remember we went on a vacation. Vacation sucks because it, they're they're stressful. You think, ah, oh, you're going on vacation, good for you. Going on a cruise with a two and a three year old is not fun. You know, there's no drinking and sitting by the pool. You know, partying. It's yeah. it's completely parent mode. It's exhausting. Um, so so like, I remember our first vacation. Charlotte and Caroline were four and five and um, they could swim. So we went to a pool. We went to a resort that we always go to and me and Alicia are drinking um, banana daiquiris next to the pool and just watching them swim. And I didn't have to actually be in the pool. I could actually sit on the outside. They took swimming lessons. They swim gray, gray. We're, we're sipping on some banana daiquiris and just watching them swim 
And I remember that was the first time I actually enjoyed a vacation, you know, since having kids. And don't get me wrong, having kids is a blessing and it's the perfect thing in the world. But, you know, you, you sometimes you need a little break and you don't really get that. And um, I remember my wife told me she wanted to have one more. And I was like, oh, gosh, like, I thought we were done. I thought, you know... I thought it was back to you and me and our kids getting a little older and it was getting easier. And, you know, um, you know, at a certain age, you can be like, all right, baby, go make some cereal. You know, daddy's going to lay down for a little bit more, you know, because my kids get up at 5.45, 6 o'clock in the morning. So Man. even on the weekends, I don't get to sleep in because um, they just, that's not on the cards. They're early, they're early risers. And not only are they early risers, when they wake up, they're ready to go. They're ready to do some shit. And so now they get to the age where like, put on Bluey and watch TV for a little bit. You know, daddy and mom are gonna close their eyes for a little bit more. So we're at that age and then she wanted a third and I knew I would have three girls. So I told her when, when I can accept the fact that I'm gonna have three girls, I'll tell you when I'm ready for that, and then that's when I'll tell you we can try again. So it took me a long time, you know. And there's always that 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 little ounce of hope that you might have a boy, and um, and so I told her I was like I I met a few couples that had three girls, and you know just talking about how great it was and blah blah blah, and I was like all right. Here we go. So I told her, let's go. And uh, and here we are, three girls. Uh, so I have Charlotte. Oh, man, I bet that's fun. You're going to have a fun time when they get to uh, the oh, period it's, stage. It's going to be crazy, man. Oh, man. It's so much. Uh, that's another reason why I like this gym so much. I get a little testosterone, a little mu uh, guy time, you know, because mm -hmm. I'm surrounded by oh, women yeah, yeah. all day. And um, so, you know, there's, there's you know, a lot of uh, – good times that I have here just shooting the shit with guys and lifting heavy stuff because you don't, you know, you don't get the, and, and my wife works out. Um, my girls are super athletic and love that all, you know, so I get that kind of aspect. I'm a huge football fan. So uh, they w watch football with me um, during the weekends. I took them to a, um, a game this year. I go to a uh, specific, I'm a big 49ers fan. We go to a 49ers game every year. Me and my wife have been doing that for like the last five or six years. So um, I incorporated them in the tradition about three years ago. So, it, you know, Charlotte, my six-year-old's been to three 49er game. Caroline, my five-year-old's been to two 49er game. And uh, Coco has yet to made her uh, first appearance at a game. But, um She'll go next year. And um, and so, yeah, got three girls, man. Um, you know, it, it keeps you young, keeps you fun, but, uh, you know, I'm tired. Mm -hmm. I haven't slept in over six years, you know. Um, and, and that's no lie. When, when Brandon said he was going to have a kid, I told him it's the best thing in the world, but be ready not to sleep, man. If you're a good father. Why? Why know? would you say that you don't sleep? Um, you're constantly worried. Um, really? You know, there's... Uh, you're just always worried, man. There's SIDS out there, sudden infant death syndrome. You're, so you, as a new parent, you're constantly thinking about that. So you, you're just completely, you're trying to close your eyes and rest, but you're just waking up to see and make sure your baby's chest was rising. Um, so you, you see a glimpse of them rising. Okay, and I'm gonna go back to sleep. It feels like maybe two minutes you slept, but you probably only slept for like 10 seconds and you're looking again and, and you're doing all that shit. And then they're up. 
they're hungry. You got to feed them. You got to change them. Stuff like that. And if you want to be a good husband and a good father, and you want to have a good life, you're going to help out too. Um, so, so you know, it's a team effort, and uh, and then you do that, and then they get a little older and they still don't sleep, and um, you know, you're always worried about stuff, or you know, you got work and stuff like that. I got to wake up every morning at four forty-five because uh, I got to get here and get the gym going and. And I start training early in the morning. I like to pack my mornings with training. That way my evenings are a little slower so I can train myself and just be kind of more available for the gym. Uh, I used to train a lot during the nighttime and I found myself like, I didn't like it. I didn't want to train at someone at six when, you know, such and such needed help over there. I would want to help them, but I'm training. So I pack my mornings up and uh so i'm up all day and then on the weekends when normal people would be able to sleep in it just doesn't work like that we have soccer we have gymnastics um you know every friday night we do like a pizza movie night so we stay up late um you know they're up right now two out of three of my girls are sick so last night i was up all night while one of them is sick. The other one has pink eye. Like, oh, you know, man. just yeah. it's Sounds it's like uh, fun, man. it's crazy, man. It's it's a lot of stuff. I I tell people, if you want to have kids, it's not a it's it's a young man's game. You don't want to be too young to where you know you're not financially stable. You're still a or, child yourself. Yeah, exactly. But you can't wait. You can't wait. Some of my friends are in their thirties and they don't have kids yet, and and that's completely their 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 option, and 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 they're doing everything right. I I don't. I don't say I'm doing anything better than them, but they'll learn it's a young man's game because, uh, you know, people that, people that drink, you know, if, when you're drinking in your 20s, you can wake up and be fine, you know, but when you're in your 30s and your 40s and 50s, you're like, oh, man, why do I drink? You know, this same thing with sleep, you know, yeah. um, you can get away with sleep. I... I just walk around like a zombie all the time, you know? Oh, I told you I was going to drink coffee. Like it, yeah. They didn't have coffee, so I just drink a rock star, but this won't do anything to me. I'll, I'll pass out right when I go home, and my alarm will go off, and I'll take a, I take a hot shower every morning, but right before I get out of the shower, I completely turn the hot off, and I stand in the cold as long as I can. I can last like maybe 15 seconds or so because I can't breathe, and that's my morning routine. Um, wake up. I come here with a smile, man, because, you know, this is a dream. And uh, people are here working out, 5.30. I got a guy that comes in at 4.30 every morning. Oh, wow. And um, I couldn't do it, dude. It's too early. Oh, my too gosh. Early for me, man. They say they can't do it in the evenings, but I get excited. When, I, when I'm like at, you know, when before when uh, I wasn't here and it would be like 2, 3 o'clock in the afternoon and I'm getting tired, I get excited. Well, at least at five, I get to go to the gym, you know? So Something to look forward to. Yeah. Day. So that's it. But these morning people, they, they feel like they can't do it. They um, they won't have the energy to work out at evening. Mm-hmm. So whatever you can do to get in the gym. Yeah. You know? Yeah. That's the main goal. Get yeah. in the gym. Yeah. So, yeah. But yeah, we'll wrap it up here. Um, I, I had a great conversation. I had a great time. It was nice having you on uh, Bunkcast. I'm glad I can get um, a more professional uh some more professional people, you know, a lot of it's just been my friends. Yeah. And, um, uh, I'm glad that, that you at least saw a little bit into what I'm doing to actually want to do it. And I appreciate that. Uh, well, shout out to, to you. Um, for giving me a little hope of your guys's generation because (laughs) I, um, 
I'm scared, man. You Dude, guys, yeah. you know, people your age. It's uh, a bad baby generation, man. It's it, it's crazy, man. So uh, I'm proud of you for you know changing your life. You 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 know weren't the uh, the best of characters you said growing up, and you know as you shouldn't be because you didn't have the best raising. So the fact that you are doing this now and uh, started hitting the gym, and um, you know. Uh, the gym is more than just the gym. It can, mm, it's it can, it's a large part of it is the mental aspect. Yeah. It changes your view. Right. So the fact that you overcame all that and uh, and doing this and being productive, I mean, it, it shows a lot about your character. So Thanks, sir. Yeah, man. Well, I had a great time. Uh, we'll end it here. All right. Goodbye. Peace out.